Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Hey, Lizzie, can I start us off with a song to get us in the mood? Oh my god, please. Popping bottles in the house. Getting here. When we drink, we do it right. Getting slizzard. Scissor. To your anniversary, Lizzie. Ow, 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 ow. Pop the, we have Veuve Clicquot on the table. We are popping bottles. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if we had champagne? Yeah, no, we don't drink. Just Modelo <laughs> and tequila shots. Yeah, absolutely. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Lee. You've stuck with us for two whole years. Good on you. Happy anniversary, y'all. Yeah, if our podcast was a baby, it would be saying words. The baby could have like a spacewalk birthday party. Yeah. Old enough for that. Absolutely. Um, We're forming our first core memories. We've come a long way. Truly, we have. And we're so glad that you guys are here with us today to talk about it all. We've done upper of 80 episodes at this point, which is kind of crazy because that's almost 100. What are we going to do for our 100th episode? Oh, man. We we have a lot of really fat episodes we've been sitting on because we're nervous, but <laughs> any one of those would be incredible. I'm thinking Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, or Portrait of a Lady <sighs> on Faya. Yes, either of which. Incredible. Um, and of course, we could not have gotten this far without the support of our patrons over on Patreon. Seriously, y'all, thank you so much. Um, in the last year, really, the Patreon, the Patreon really ramped up and Adding a level where people could vote on episodes has led to some of our favorite episodes and just so grateful that y'all support us. And also thank you to anyone listening to this right now. You obviously press play for a reason. Um, And if you want to keep continuing to support us, you can find us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. Another way to support us that isn't on Patreon is if you leave us a review or a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts especially. Those reviews are actually super immensely helpful to put us in the algorithm. Don't you know that I love saying the word algorithm? (laughs) She hates it, folks. (laughs) I made her say it. Yeah, she has a gun to my head. She's under duress. Um, But yeah, take a second to do that. And we really, really, really appreciate it. Um, You know, y'all may not know this, but we really pushed this podcast forward through like blood, sweat, and tears. Like uh, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money, surprisingly, to run a podcast um, and a lot of mental energy. But what we get out of it is totally worth it. And this last year, I feel like we've really grown and I'm just like so proud of us. I'm so proud. Yeah. I mean, everyone here has spent like upwards of hundreds of hours together. Oh, my God. And just hearing the feedback from you all and um, saying, oh, I really love this movie. I hope you can do it. Makes us feel so trusted. And we just appreciate everybody who listens. We do. We do. Um, But we want to take some time in this episode. There's a bunch of fun things we're going to talk about. We're going to kind of go over some of our favorite episodes and highlights, as well as um, the best performing episodes, ones that y'all have really liked. Yeah, we'll be talking about your favorites, your least favorites, our favorites, some amendments we've made to the episodes, some common denominators we found between them, some reflections, some future goals. This is going to be a beautiful montage episode. Yeah. So I guess let's get started with um, the thing I've been thinking about the most, our favorite episodes. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, uh, this has been such a great like 365 days. I was looking back at our catalog from this last year and I so hard for me to kill any of our darlings because they're all beautiful and special in different ways. I mean, 
off the dome, I'm thinking of some favorites like a, you know, Twilight and Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 was a lot of fun, A League of Their Own. Oh my God, that's one of my favorites. I love John Tucker Must Die. I love when we mm. do trivia. But if I had to settle on one. Oh my God, what is it? It would be Cadet Kelly. Oh my God, Disney did 9-11. <laughs> and it, the, we had an incredible guest, Peyton Tyree, on for that episode. And the subject matter is just insane. I think it was just a perfect storm of ridiculousness. Yeah, I learned so much, unfortunately, <laughs> during that episode, particularly about our friends. And a lot of the episodes you listed involved our guests. We had some amazing guests this year. Mm-hmm. Like... I really just, it blows me away, the cool friends that we've reconnected with, new friends we've made, and old friends we've gotten to talk to about films, and it just makes me feel closer to them and have resulted in some of our most popular and my favorite episodes. And I have to shout out uh, for my personal favorite, um, Lee Garcia, you brought Angels in America to us, and I don't think a day has gone by since we did that record that I uh, don't think about that work. It's probably one of the best pieces of media I've consumed in the last like decade. Uh, and I love that episode. We talked about it at length. And that that one was a big one for me. Thank you so much. Yeah, I I probably mentioned it before, but I felt really honored to talk about that. And I'm glad that I got to be on an episode to talk about it. Uh, it's a great one. If you haven't heard it, definitely check it out. I, I'm plugging myself. But, uh, <laughs> but I do want to also piggyback on what you're saying. So obviously really great guests this year. And I listen to a lot of podcasts and sometimes when I'm listening to my favorite podcasts, I like, I see a new episode and it's like, oh, this one has a guest on it. I would just rather <laughs> listen to the hosts alone. And of course, like you guys, I love y'all's energy and charisma in this podcast, but it really is saying something to say that every guest that you guys have had this year is a stellar episode. I'm not just talking about myself, like Peyton, as you mentioned, uh, if we can just, I'll just try to go down some of the names because I think they all deserve shouting out. Um, Scott Pilgrim with uh, Corey Dumasnil. Hell yeah. Such a great episode. Yeah. We had League of Their Own, which you guys were already shouting out. What a great episode with Gerald. Nightmare on Elm Street 2 with Brody. And um, Bound with Lara, which we just did recently. Did I miss anything? No. That's all I have. No. Oh my all God. Great guests. Great. Yeah. And these guests who are lovely friends of mine that I've known for so long, I just have to remind myself that they're not just hot. They <laughs> also have things to say. They're brains and bodies. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, you're so cute and adorable. And then they get on here and they're like, J-Store, J-Store, S-A-S-A-S-A. <laughs> Academia. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. studies. Seriously, all of these people brought such a level of humor and their own unique stories and the perspectives. Could not recommend those episodes enough. So, so good. And we're going to have all of those people back for another episode, plus plenty of more guests in this next year. I, I'm on the guest train. I think the guest episodes allow just for a, a whole fresh perspective and just like another layer of humor that we just couldn't bring without them. And yeah, they really shine. Okay, Lee, no pressure, but do you have any favorite episodes? I already mentioned pretty much all the guest episodes are some of my favorites. But let's see, if I had to choose one that didn't include a guest, since I, I love all the other ones, I'm just looking at the list here and I'm smirking at Mithrigan. I ah, loved that episode. Mithrigan. Mithrigan was great. <laughs> um, I loved the uh, 
High School Musicals that yeah. you guys have done. Oh, yeah. I again, I don't know if I've even like seen any of those, <laughs> but that, those were just so much fun. Um, Surprisingly rich. Yes, the, the Kenny Ortega Cinematic <laughs> Universe. True. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, one that I really, really enjoyed was The Faculty. That was mm. one that I had saw for the first time because of this podcast. I mean, I'd always been meaning to watch it, but I loved the movie watching it, and then I loved y'all's discussion on it. Yeah. So good. That one is, is keeps this sweet little place in my heart because I had so many feelings about it for so long. Yeah. Just being able to talk about it at all is really exciting, but with people who have such a great conversation and like different perspectives, it's just such a pleasure having this podcast with yeah. you guys. Uh, there's always like one, or last year at least I had an episode that like really floored me and how gay it was. <laughs> and I had another one of those this year. I think I know what it is. Do you know? Yeah. What is it? Top Gun. Yes! The gayest. Top Gun, I think about it all the time and just giggle and smile to myself. I really (laughs) just, yeah, Tom Cruise really delivers. I just love when a film has a queer reputation and the reality of it is just so much more than I ever could have imagined. And I will say the same thing about Bound. Like I always knew it's like, oh, it's like a lesbian movie, da-da-da. But the way that film actually delivers in terms of story and style but just like goddamn so good. And probably the only time Bound and Top Gun have ever been used in the same sentence. But <laughs> So that's just a bit about our favorite episodes. But now it's time to hear from the people. Let's see what you guys liked the most this year. So we have five of the most popular episodes here. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of in no particular order. This next one here did, however, receive the most streams of any episode. Um, And we do take into account like how long the episode has been out versus the number of downloads. This one was far and away the most downloaded, and that is Scott Pilgrim versus the World with Corey Dumasnow. Corey, our very first co-host, not just a guest, he led the episode. Yes. Unprecedented. He did a great job. Yes. Snaps for that episode. Uh, Our second film, kind of a new one, but was so popular right from its release, would be Pitch Perfect. Y'all went wild for this one. (laughs) The amount of comments and DMs that we received to cover (laughs) Pitch Perfect, uh, you guys really wanted this, and I'm really glad that you you enjoyed it. Hopefully. I mean, you downloaded it, but you could have hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next, after this, another episode that went kind of wild after it posted and still gets listens even today. Uh, is Twilight. That was one of the episodes <laughs> while reviewing it before we posted it. I was laughing so hard that I forgot it was our podcast. When we, I was like, these people are funny. That's <laughs> a, sorry, that's a good point. I, I remember that one as being one of the most fun to be in the room for when yeah. we were recording it. And then I did listen to it back. Uh, sometimes I'll review just to see how, how it's sounding once it's published. And I listened to the whole episode because it was just like, I mean, I had so much fun recording it, but then also just like listening actually like it was it's a great episode of a of a podcast. So good. Oh gosh. Oh, it's so flattering. <laughs> Unadulterated joy. Might I point out, you know, we'll discuss common denominators going forward, but our top three movies all include Anna Kendrick. You're, oh, I never noticed that. <laughs> She's the secret sauce. She's the Nas. It's the Anna Kendrick effect. Oh, no. Kristen Stewart was She's our the first new year. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, yeah. right. 
Uh, in our fourth place, a film that does not include Anna Kendrick, but let me fact check that. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge with the lovely Brody LeBlue. They came on, spit some fire facts. Such a pleasure to have them and a great conversation. And I say fire and I'm laughing to myself because so much shit caught on fire in that movie. Oh my God. So fun to talk about. Brody LeBlue is a fun fact hoarder. And I love that about them because I consider myself a fun fact collector slash hoarder. Learned so much about that production. What an insane film. Halloween is our favorite holiday for a reason. Absolute blast. And finally, our fifth most popular episode, which is incidentally the one that made me cry the most whenever I watched (laughs) it uh, and also made me cry listening back, is Saving Face, Mm. the directorial debut of Alice Wu. That film is so gorgeous, so effective, so good, even to this day. Sometimes early 2000s movies don't carry over, but this one hits even harder, I think. Such a good movie. And y'all have been streaming this one consistently since it came out. Within good reason. I think all of the success we garnered from that episode is really just a testament to that film. Ugh, it just mm. feels like getting into, uh, you know, when you take, sorry, I'm I'm moaning a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when like you take your blanket out of the dryer, <sighs> that's what that movie feels like to me. I love the feeling of warm socks or warm underpants out yeah. of the dryer. Sometimes I'll just put my socks in there because I deserve a little treat. I hope Alice Wu knows that she's being likened to warm underpants in the best possible way. She knows. She <laughs> knows what she's done for us. All right. We heard about the ones that we really liked. Now let's talk about the ones that we scored pretty badly. Yes. So as you know, at the end of each episode, we rate the film on the subtextual score meter which is basically a combination of rating the film for how gay it is and how good it is and getting a single subtextual score for that. So there's plenty of good-ish movies that might not be gay enough or really gay movies that are just bad on this list. (laughs) So we're going to tell you our bottom five rated movies according to the subtextual score meter. I'd like to point out that our bottom five has been completely overtaken by films from just this last year of the podcast. There's only one standing from the first year. You're so right. Look at that. I didn't even notice that. We got into our sophomore slump. Season two, we were like, only bad movies. We love bad movies. Half the movies on this list I watch on the regular. (laughs) All right. So starting with number five, uh, number five worst movie, according to the subtextual scale, is High School Musical 2. Even though two characters... At some point in the film, two male characters switch outfits. In what could only be described as gay sex. Yes. So sorry. Not to be followed up. Another decom in slot four. <laughs> that would be Cadet Kelly with a score of 3.7. In this case, it's bad and gay. <laughs> <laughs> Number three actually is one of the most popular episodes, and that is Twilight. Because <laughs> as you know, that film is not gay in the slightest. But we still had to do it because of everything that it has done for society as a whole. Yeah, we sure <laughs> do love to reach. In the second place, we have two absolute stinkers of films that were so fun to talk about. Sometimes I go back and just listen to them deliriously. <laughs> and that would be Blue Crush and The Haunting. The Haunting, by the way, the only one not from the second year of our podcast, who share a score of 29 and The Haunting, unlike most of the films on this list, has an out queer character and yet still somehow ended up with less than a three on a 10-point scale. You can have a gay character and still suck so bad. 
Owen Wilson, though, in that movie. It is worth watching that film alone for Owen Wilson's arc. Yeah, absolutely. And Lizzie, drum roll for our first, our for our first worst. First worst is Jeepers Creepers 2. God, that movie is creepy on so many levels. Not the fun kind of creepy. Not the fun kind of creepy. <laughs> Definitely worth a listen. All right, so now that we've talked about the bottom five, what, let's talk about the top five subtextual score rated films. So in the number five spot for highest rated subtextual films, we actually have a three-way tie. All of these films received a score of 9.5 out of 10, if that tells you just how good and how gay we think these movies are. But we've got Brokeback Mountain, Being John Malkovich, and Jennifer's Body. Such great films. And so, so, so different. So different. Lovely, lovely films. Uh, Incredible episodes, by the way. In the fourth place, we have a very recent episode, An Absolute Stone Cold Killer, Bound with a 9.7. Jennifer Tilly, Gina Gershon. That's all it takes for me. The Wachowskis. Oh, my God. That's all it takes for me. Yeah, that's more than enough for me. In the third spot, with a 9.8, we have The Favorite. Holding it down from year one. Yeah. I mean, you really can't fault that film for much, I'll be honest. Second slot, we have also from year one, The Power of the Dog with 9.9. One of my favorite book-to-film adaptations we've ever covered. And you know I love a book-to-movie pipeline. She loves Benny Cumberbatch as well. I adore. And number one spot... Two films that have been in the number one spot for a while now that we talk about all the time, tied between Carol and Everything Everywhere All at Once with a perfect 10. Would we rescore those movies? No. No, I mean, no. Solid 10. Don't mess with perfection, baby. Yeah. Uh, looking back at the films from the last year, we found a bunch of through lines or similarities or common themes throughout, and we just wanted to take a time to point out some of the through lines in our work of the past year. Um, What I noticed that I thought was really interesting is that out of the, I think, 44 episodes we did this year, 10 of them were directorial debut feature films. Wow. So 10 first-time directed films, including some of the episodes we've talked about, but here are some that we haven't really discussed as much, but Lady Bird for Greta Gerwig, The Hunger for Tony Scott, Bring It On for Peyton Reed, plus a lot, a lot more. Yeah, we covered a lot of really great first films. We also were obsessed with the early aughts. We had 13 films that took place in the decade of 2000 to 2010. Uh, Bring It On, Cadet Kelly, Blue Crush, Family Stone, Saving Face, John Tucker Must Die, Superbad, All the High School Musicals, Twilight, The Runaways, and of course, Scott Pilgrim. Oh my gosh, such a good decade. The nostalgia. Yeah, the nostalgia. Yeah, I think going back and like parsing through a film that we loved or hated or were really affected by in that like really pivotal time in our lives is always really fun because some of those films have changed so much for me since I first watched them. And then some of them have just remained exactly the same. <laughs> I will say super bad, like hits really hard now. Like it's gotten even funnier. I find the relationship between the two protagonists way more poignant. It's just interesting how a film can grow with you. Whereas like John Tucker Must Die is great, but maybe not as funny as I once remember. <laughs> That's a film that stayed exactly the same. When I come back to it, I'm like, ah, I remember where I was. It's a time capsule. Absolutely. Uh, we were in our Kenny ortega mm. with the High School Musicals and Dirty Dancing this year. God, you're so right. We were in our Penny Marshallisance. That's Penny Marshall. Sorry, I don't think that works for all of these. Uh, who directed A League of Their Own and Riding in Cars with Boys. Tony Scott, like 
Lizzie mentioned, who directed The Hunger, also directed Top Gun. Yes. Kevin Williamson, who is the powerhouse behind Scream, also wrote The Faculty. Like I mentioned, Anna Kendrick before in our top three most popular episodes, Twilight Jesus. is Perfect and Scott Pilgrim. Kendrick is also tied for most appearances with Brittany Snow, who appeared in our Patreon episode of X, John Tucker Must Die, and Pitch Perfect. Wow. And we haven't even covered Hairspray yet. Oh, it's a matter of time, baby. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. And Lizzie, what keeps you up at night? Other than the wild racing thoughts of existential dread, <laughs> there's also times in the episodes where I got so caught up in the story and the plot that there were some things I left out. So I wanted to go ahead and make a couple of updates to some of the episodes we did with some stuff that I left out that I think is worth mentioning. I'll start first with Scott Pilgrim because it's been top of mind, this episode being our most downloaded episode to date. Um, but I think I mentioned this at the very end of the Scott Pilgrim episode, but Netflix recently redeveloped and released an anime series based on the comic book starring all of the same voice actors. Um, this came out like a week ago or maybe two weeks ago now. Um, it's called Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Have y'all had a chance to watch any of it? I haven't, but uh, I received a message from our wonderful guest, Brody LeBlue, sent me a Twitter thread that was essentially them talking to the creator who said that they were all on like a pre-existing, all of the cast were still on a pre-existing email chain from <laughs> when the film was directed oh in 2010. And Michael Sarah responded to something like, years later <laughs> oh and then everyone God. else just started responding all over again and they were like I guess we could still make this if people still like it <laughs> that's so cute yeah I mean it's like at least 15 voice actors to get that many huge name actors all to agree to something um to reboot the series I definitely have found like interviews saying that a lot of these actors were just super excited to expand the universe because the one thing I was reticent about with this um eight episode series I was like oh are we just going to rehash the movie like it's the same voice actors like is it going to be any different and with the comic book series creator Brian Lee O'Malley at the helm they made some really smart decisions to just continue building on the universe and kind of restructuring the characters a little bit so I watched a few episodes and was like pleasantly surprised by just the craftsmanship of it and also just how gentle and sweet it was like I feel like it's a show I could like curl up to on my couch and like kind of fall asleep to in a good way. Like it was so comforting, but it did deviate from the plot a bit of the film. So it's enough of a difference that if you like that style and you like that universe, I think you'll be really happy with the show. Um, so just wanted to update y'all on that. There's more to watch. Yeah, I um, I don't have an update. What keeps me up at night is all the things that I've gotten wrong, all the minuscule details, uh, one of which was very prominently called to my attention when a TikTok of ours went semi-viral. Uh, it was a clip of me discussing uh, the locations uh, that Bring It On used uh, while shooting. And I mentioned that they shared locations with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And ooh, did y'all's wrath come down on me? Not you, oh listener, because you probably didn't <laughs> contribute. But random people on TikTok made me very, very known to the fact that they were not the same locations. They were just shot in the same neighborhood in Los Angeles. I'm so sorry. Please recall all the death threats you have sent to me. <laughs> Take all your knives and razor blades back. Take I don't need them. No more pitchforks and flames, please. <laughs> I was mistaken. I, I referenced the wrong trivia fact off IMDb. 
baby. <laughs> Oops. The people called you to pay for your sins. I thought I was a Buffy stan until everyone told me I was not. You know what? We all learn. We live, laugh, love. We grow from our mistakes. <laughs> I should have responded to the comments like, live, laugh, love. <laughs> Whatever. Just chill. So another thing, this doesn't keep me up at night, but it definitely did irk me when I was editing this episode and I realized I left it out. But um, in our episode on The Runaways, which is like the coming of age story about um, The Runaways band starring Kristen Stewart, of course, and Dakota Fanning. Um, I left out one of my favorite scenes that we didn't really talk about too much, but I just wanted to like mention it here. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, this might not mean a lot to you, but if you have, I'll kind of get us set up a little bit. So in the early days of the band forming, when manager Kim Fowley had already met Joan Jett and a few of the other girls, and they were basically looking for their front woman, um, this film shows that they were kind of like scouring teen nightclubs for like just a hot blonde. And they eventually found Cherie Curry and invited her to come audition. And the song that Cherie brought, and one thing I loved about the film that I thought was just totally fabricated because it seems so unrealistic, but is actually true, is that the song that Cherie brought to audition with wasn't the right vibe for The Runaways. So on the spot, Kim Fowley and Joan Jett wrote Cherry Bomb, mm-hmm. taught it to her, and she totally nailed it and joined the band at that moment. Um, which I think is cool because Cherry Bomb is one of the most iconic songs I think The Runaways have. And the fact that they just kind of wrote it on a whim, like a sweaty 15-year-old and this old freaky dude, uh, I just thought it was really interesting. And it was something I was really pleased to find was find out was actually true. Yeah, I, I was on the same vibe as you that I'm like, oh, it's convenient to the story that they just whip it up out of nowhere. But it's good to know that they did whip it up out of nowhere. Yeah. Because it's it's a classic song because it's not they're not trying to do too much. Yeah, the s- lyrics are almost could be bad like hello daddy hello mom i'm your cherry bomb like on paper you're like okay whatever that doesn't really resonate but like the attitude that it inspired in the band and also in audiences like that fucking song is everywhere Mm. um it's just pretty cool that it was an original make and that joan jett was like an integral part of the song being formed so speaking of rock star songwriters okay Uh, Something I left out of the episode of Bound, which came out very recently. Don't worry, this is not a spoiler. You do not have to click away. What I'm going to say has nothing in relation to the plot. But um, if you haven't seen the film, there is a character played by Gina Gershon, who she portrays a masked lesbian in the film. And while preparing for her role, she took on a bunch of different sports and activities to try to get into the mannerisms of her character. Oh my God. One of which was learning how to box. Oh my God. Gina Gershon joined a boxing club and was sparring during the production of Bound. And I want to show you guys what she considers her worst day of filming. Oh my God. The most difficult day on a set was, it was a tragedy. I was, when I was boxing, my sparring partner was Bob Dylan, the musician, oddly enough. And he kept thinking I was a musician because I was playing the juice harp in the movie and I was showing him my juice harp. And so he asked me to, um, he said, oh, you can come see my show Friday. And I said, well, yeah, but I think I might be working. He said, well, you should come up and play your juice harp on on stage with me. I'm like, really? I, I get to jam with Bob Dylan? And I had to work that night. And the whole time I kept going, 
listen, I really have to go. Like, I'm supposed to be on stage with Bob Dylan now. And of course, everyone just thought I'd like lost my mind. They're like, that's a really like lame excuse. There's no way we believe you. And I was like, no, no, really? And I had to work all night. And that was the hardest day for me. We, wh- what? So you, the opportunities, what the fuck is Bob Dylan doing in a boxing ring what the fuck is she doing playing her little boingy boing instrument at the (laughs) boxing ring this is just the most iconic story i've ever heard i would never be able to forget that or forgive the production for not letting me have the night off i'm so sorry bob dylan your sport is track and field you are built like a toothpick there's no way you should be boxing more like yard tennis or like badminton or something uh i I can't believe that. If someone's like, what was your worst day at work? I'd be like, oh, I got my period and a headache at the same time. She's <laughs> like, I couldn't hang out with Bob Dylan like he asked me to. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I would be faking sick so hard. Oh, my God. That's an iconic story, though. I love it. Well, the final thing that keeps me up at night, you thought I would have said enough on the Twilight episode, but there was something that I forgot to show you that I think is just about the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen, and it literally (sighs) makes me laugh so hard. So I mentioned on the episode that Robert Pattinson hates Twilight. (laughs) Which is, I think, could go without saying, because he looks like he's in pain. He's in pain, but he's making millions of dollars, so it's totally fine. Um, But I have this interview clip that I think is just so fucking funny and is, like, literally playing on repeat in my head all the time. Um, But, like, all throughout the production, when he was, like, asked, like, red carpet interviews and stuff, when asked... What is something he took from set? He would say his dignity. He called the novel a book that wasn't supposed to be published. Jesus. <laughs> and there's this like interview moment that I just love so much because Rob Pattinson just cannot tell a lie. When he, when he put it the bare facts out, he tells I've killed 40 or 50 people. And he's uh, like, you really shouldn't. And I, I want to kill you so much. Every single day, every moment I'm with you, I desperately want to kill you. And she's like, I don't care. I love you. And it's like, well, <laughs> there's definitely something wrong with her. And there's very obviously something wrong with me. <laughs> I want to kill you so much every single day. <laughs> clearly something wrong with her. It's clearly something wrong with me. Do you think Rob read Midnight Sun? Oh, God. I hope so. I'm, And honestly, if he got rights to Midnight Sun, he wouldn't read it. No, 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 he wouldn't do it. Absolutely not. He was like, enough with this shit. He's like, I'm having a hard time as it is with the motives I do know about this character. But what I think is so funny is that, like, he chose to go on and do The Batman, which is basically Edward fucking Cullen with eyeliner. Like, it's literally the same character. The Batman. <laughs> it's just, I, I love Rob so much. He's a total fucking freak. We love him. We love that he tells the truth. So sincerely and lies somewhat uncontrollably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one other last tidbit. This is technically from season one, but I think you should all know it. She's the Man is now streaming on Netflix. That is very important information. This film is fucking so good. Just just go watch it. I'm so sorry. I put it on while trying to do chores and then ended up stopping everything I was doing. I was like, I'm so there. It's insane. insane. That's the most quotable movie of all Chick time. Chick won't stop dogging me, man. So that's a lot of looking back, so many good things we did this year. 
Um, but I kind of want to talk about moving forward. We had an episode like this after our first year on the podcast, and we kind of set some goals for ourselves and did a reflection. And I actually listened back to that episode recently, and I was like, holy cow, like in a year, we have, I don't know, continued to support each other so much. And I think we've really tried to like push our comfort levels and try to do something interesting. And there's a couple of things that we did this year that I realized were goals from last year. Mm-hmm. One being guests. We've already gushed about our guests. But I remember saying um, in our first year anniversary, I was like, I want to have more guests. Like we were I don't know, really hoping to bring on more perspectives. And obviously we did that and had so many great experiences and opinions that we heard from people. And another thing that we started doing this year that was really terrifying and still terrifying, <laughs> and we're still trying to figure out how to do better and better, but that is live events. Yep. We have our every month or so live event gay movie fun show where we present one of our films live with an audience and a live talk back and drinking game over the movie. And honestly, like being on stage is not something that I ever <laughs> imagined myself doing, but... Mm-hmm. To get to, like, engage with the audience um, around us, because obviously it's everyone local, um, has been just really, really sweet. And I've learned so much and get to talk to people in person about, you know, what they think about films and give us ideas for future episodes um, has just been, like, surprisingly really validating and and really cool. And I'm just really proud of us that, like, a year ago we set those two goals for ourselves and it happened, <laughs> you know? We knocked them out of the park. I know myself, I don't consider myself a performer when I do. I'm usually portraying other people, like either like in theater or doing improv. I'm never really myself. So Mm -hmm. doing the live show was a really big moment for me, like personally, because I'm like, who's going to want to hear what I have to say, like on a stage, the podcast, you know, I I feel like the fact that you guys are listening is, is incredible. And it it was a lot for me to personally get to a place where I was comfortable being on stage, being myself. And the first show that we had was a really great turnout. And, you know, I told myself, well, oh, these are just the people supporting us, showing up. The next show won't be as popular. But the next show was more popular and the next show was more popular to the point where they have to buy chairs to put in the venue because like it was so full that people just had to stand at one point. That, that just feels, that's crazy, you know, and and that's not something I would have ever done if Lizzie hadn't really been um, such a champion for that idea. And I think it really speaks to our partnership. Sometimes I really feel strongly about something and Lizzie just takes a chance on it and vice versa. And I, I think that if you have people in your life that are willing to sponsor you creatively and and champion your ideas, like it, it's also, it's just good for everybody. Yeah, I think... Like, a creative partnership is so special, and, like, we really haven't hit too many speed bumps in the last year. Like, I remember at the end of last year being like, oh, my gosh, you know, eventually we're going to run out of movies to do, and, like, (laughs) we'll just have to put subtextual to bed. But, like, it's like the further we get into this world, the more we learn and the more opportunities we see for films and, you know, the more challenges we can offer each other and taking the time to put my opinions into words if you weren't on the other side of the mic listening and receiving and volleying back or calling me out and being like, that's not right, you know, like in turn. And and I think that this creative partnership has just gotten better and better. And one thing I learned this year, not to get sappy, but you know, a girl's got to, she's getting old. Um, but like 
one thing I didn't really realize happens whenever you start, you know, channeling your own creative outlet is like you will encounter every insecurity you've ever had while you're creating your art over and over and over again. Like half of the energy I put into this podcast is just managing all the little you know, saboteurs in my head telling me that like, oh, your opinion doesn't matter or, oh, you're not this enough. You're not that enough. You're not working hard enough. That was a stupid thing to say. You didn't say that right. Like there's so much opposition that you put up for yourself or I guess me personally puts up for myself when I'm creating and to just have like one evening of fun at a gay movie fun show where people are like watching Fast and Furious with us and agreeing with what we're saying or adding on to what we're saying or disagreeing, you know, is like just proof that those voices don't matter because no one out there is thinking it like who and if they are, who gives a fuck, you know? So like a big part of my growth this year has been like trying to battle that inner saboteur into submission. And I do know that anytime I tell you like, hey, I had this stupid thought about something I said or oh, I'm getting in my head and I don't like this episode. It's not turning out how I want it to like just you saying like, like, you know, you're good. Like, you're, that's, I hear what you're saying, but I don't see it that way at all. Like, I think what you're saying is really interesting. Are you showing interest in, like, the tiniest little stupid opinion I have, like, just bolsters me and makes, you know, me a better creator? So I, I think it's so interesting that, like, we started this podcast kind of on a whim just because we wanted to, because we like movies and, like, how much we've gotten out of it and the little community that has formed. Mm -hmm. um, and just, like, it really does mean so much to me to hear any of y'all's opinions, whether they y'all agree or not, um, is just important. Um, and yeah, there's just like a lot that goes into creating y'all. It's very mentally and emotionally taxing. <laughs> yeah. As you were saying that, I just realized like we tried this thing completely out of our wheelhouse. We only did it for not money, not for satisfaction or ego, just because we, we truly just wanted to try it just to see what it was like. And I'm thinking back to how often in life you try things where you can fail exponentially over and over and over again in an embarrassing way, like learning how to ride a bicycle, mm -hmm. learning how to speak another language, walking and, and dancing and all these things that you try and fail at at such a young age. And the older you get, the less those opportunities come mm -hmm. around because you don't want to look stupid. Yeah, You don't want to embarrass yourself. And I think that this amongst like a, a few, very few other things in my life was so refreshing because I said like, I don't care if I look stupid because I know that Lizzie's got my back and I know that she wouldn't let me look a fool. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been such an exercise in friendship and in trust because I know Lizzie wouldn't tell me I'm good at something if I wasn't. So um, I just, it just feels nice that we made a thing and you guys listen to it sometimes. And, and that's just so special to me. I've always said this podcast has legs. I believe in y'all's future, but y'all have even gone far and beyond than what I have imagined. Uh, you guys have done so much in this year and I'm excited for next year. Lee, we, we always talk about you, but just so you know, <laughs> Lee's gonna having make us you cry. believe in us is like, like, I literally, like, I would have given up. I would have not even known where to start and how to put this podcast together. And you've been able to answer every question. You've literally handmade tutorials and put them on YouTube for me whenever I'm like, Lee, how do I do this stupid thing in audition? 
And you're just here. You're here with us. You're offering your opinions. Lizzie is not exaggerating. I've been like, oh, I get this editing preset that's kind of messed up. And then I'll get a link in the Slack and I'll click it and it'll be exactly how to fix my problem. I'll be like, wow, this is exactly how to fix my problem. Who (laughs) uploaded this? And it's like, Lee Garcia. (laughs) Two views. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I mean, hey, I believe in this podcast, but also it's just so much fun. That's why we do it. I love it. We have fun here, don't we? We sure do. I'm not crying. (laughs) You're crying. (laughs) Um, Goal for the next year, Sam? Well, my goal I thought was so lofty, which was I think that Lizzie and I can also kind of segue our abilities into being really good interviewers Mm -hmm. because I think we're both very open, knowledgeable, perceptive, and I think personable. We've had... A good time interviewing people here and there, and we're going to do it more in the future. And that would be a that's like a sweet little goal of mine for us to interview more and to be more part of like film festivals, yeah, correspondence. I think that we would really be good at that. That's a great goal, and something that scares the shit out of me, which is how I know it's a great goal. Because <laughs> um, I used to be scared by the idea of guests, and now I'm like guest episode. Fuck yes, things are more scary when they're a possibility. Yeah. Which is a good sign. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> mugs. Okay, bumper stickers. <laughs> okay. Lizzie, what are your goals? Um, I would love to, similarly, I want to meet a celebrity who knows about the podcast or get a celebrity on the podcast. That's pretty lofty, and we don't deserve it at all. However, it is my goal and not yours. <laughs> um, I think it is possible. Also, I want to figure out, I want, I want to do a live event that, I don't know, like goes to the next level, like whether it's... We're like invited to host a live event or we do one out of the state. I don't know. I I feel like there's a potential for the Gay Movie Fun show to be something that people really like. And it's also something I've surprisingly enjoyed doing, even though I'm on stage in front of people and I can't edit what I'm saying. That would be incredible to not like tour, but to like do out of state like live shows. Yeah. Like I'm picturing like an Alamo Draft House kind of situation to yeah. like a movie we love or like a new movie or maybe hosting a Q&A after but like talking through it. I don't know. You'll know it when it happens. We'll tell you about it. Absolutely. Manifestation. Yeah. And also more guests. I want the guests that we have had back because they're all so uniquely intelligent and cool. And I want new guests. So yeah, that's what I want. So there. So there. <laughs> You guys have been so incredible. This year has been, we've seen an insane amount of growth, but with that, we've also seen insane amount of messages and comments. And it's just so great to connect with you guys. And uh, I'm just so glad that you like this and we're going to keep doing it until you don't. Yeah. So (laughs) keep coming back. Um, Yeah. Review us on Apple or Spotify if you can. That really is what gets us to that next level um and we have merch and if you're here at the end of this you're a stone cold fan so we don't we're not trying to sell you anything at this point <laughs> all right we're gonna play you out sam hit the track thanks for listening to subtextual <laughs> if you want to keep this content ad free go to patreon.com ow ow, ow. feel it so high <laughs> like we see